0: All right, hello! Hello! Uh, we are here, this is a true, neutral, this is gonna be a, I suppose, a retrospective. Okay, I'm Kenan. And I'm Derek. And uh I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> today, we're going to talk about one of the greatest animated films of all time. Something I think... Um, whether consciously or not inspired our dynamic and many other dynamics to this day as well as just a lot of lot of good memes um I, can i can i take a guess yeah uh are are, are you talking about treasure planet a uh, close treasure it's island close no 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 the 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 dynamic is it's a duo <laughs> yeah like it's Now I want you to guess it. It's really, it's really close in time to that. Different studio. I, I could, I don't fucking know, man. It's from 2000. It's uh, set in 1519 Spain. Eldorado. Yeah. Eldorado. Yeah, that's a that's a good movie. Yeah, there, The man. Road to Eldorado by DreamWorks Pictures. Uh, direct- Since you said Spain, I was like, it's Eldorado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, directed by Eric Bebo, B-I-B-O. Okay. Uh, Berger, Bergeron, Bergeron, mm-hmm. probably. And Don Bergeron. Paul. Bergeron. Bergeron. And Don Paul. Uh there was the feature directorial debuts. Don Paul Van Dam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio wrote the screenplay. And uh yeah, I think those people deserve a lot of credit for a lot of people's uh childhood defining moments. Yeah. Like so we're gonna we're just gonna go through this movie as it as it <laughs> happened because I love this film. This seriously is like top tier, god tier level films for me. This is yeah. We're I think we're palette swapped because like <laughs> you, you're Miguel, <laughs> like without a doubt, right? Like. <laughs>
1: I suppose, yeah (laughs) It
0: it just makes sense I'm also taller Yeah, yeah We need an armadillo I've got a baby That's You
1: don't want to use a baby as a ball in a game You really don't want to use an armadillo as a ball in a game The armadillo Was fine yeah. There's a fan theory that the armadillo is a god. Yeah, I like that
0: one. <laughs> um, So, in 1519 Spain, two con artists, Miguel and Tulio, uh, they get a map to the legendary city of gold. Um, they do it with a rigged dice. For most of the time, they use rigged dice. Yeah. And then they have to use they're somebody schindlers. else. Yes, they have to use somebody else's dice <laughs> uh, at, the, at the last roll because they're like, ah, oh, you're cheating. And then they still win, mm-hmm. but then their dice falls out of their pockets and it gets revealed as uh, loaded dice. Yes. So they get chased out anyway, but they get the map. Yes. They get the map, and then they, they, they flin their way out of it with some Errol Flynn-style basic... Uh, like sword play distraction. Yeah, yeah, and a bit of loot, if I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they, um, no, they don't. They don't get very much, if any loot. Um, they they just mostly are after the map. Or Miguel's really after the map, and Tulio's like, "Why'd you let the loot go?" No, I mean a loot. Like he distracts oh, yeah, them by you... playing a loot. Yes, yes. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: It maybe it was a mandolin. I mean they're in Spain. I don't know. Fair enough. But
0: But uh you fight like my sister. I fought your sister. That's a compliment. <laughs> uh yeah, the their banter reminds me very much of the Monkey Island games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very it ha- much so. Has that same vibe to it. They're clearly
1: very much just like doing improv. Like, yeah. Every time they get into a bad situation, they just kind of look at each other and then just improv their way out of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the uh, when they when they improv their way out of that one, they uh, um accidentally end up in barrels. Well, I mean they intentionally end up in barrels, but the barrels get blocked, and yeah. they end up on a ship of the conquistador Hernan Cortez. He's a real dude. That's neat. Yeah, real, real real-life bastard man. (laughs) Real-life conquering bastard man. I mean, most conquistadors were. Um, Most, like a lot of films, uh, the characters have motifs like colors or themes. Mm -hmm. Um, His is the absence of color, and I think it's really cool. It's just black. If you look at him when he's on screen, it's darkness that envelops him, like, all the time. Mm -hmm. And he's never angry. And that's the scariest thing about him. <laughs> he is just a conquering bastard, and he just, this is a job. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a fuck about you. He probably doesn't give a fuck about anybody he cares about. Like, he probably doesn't really give a fuck about the money particularly much. Nope, he just is doing a job.
1: <laughs>
0: it's the craziest fucking thing. i I don't know if he wants anything to except conquer. to follow instruction. Well, maybe conquer. Maybe yeah maybe maybe just just, destroy maybe just be remembered. I don't know he did remember
1: that. me <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah, uh, but they are caught and imprisoned on that boat, but they get the they get the horse the horse Altebo. Yeah. yeah um the horse horses in in
1: these movies are always way too smart, uh yeah, any animal companion they have is
0: always smart, yeah, like too smart. Yeah, I I really like um I watched a breakdown of this. I think it was by Big Joel, who's a great YouTuber named Henry. <laughs> um, and uh it, he compared these to the Road 2 movies with the uh, Bob Hope and Jerry Lewis. Okay. The the classic duo comedy movies. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And um, he pointed out, oh, in those movies, one of the big tropes is that they're always breaking the fourth wall. And that was the big thing missing from this movie. Except for, he realized it's not, it's Altivo. Yeah. Altivo constantly breaks the fourth wall. He's constantly, like, sighing and reacting to stuff that doesn't matter for anybody but the audience. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a great little... It's a great little thing to, like... um subvert expectations while maintaining expectations yeah it's it's a cool way to go around that and uh altivo's just a fun character the animation on him is so good every time when he ever he eats an apple yeah. i'm like yeah horse you get that apple <laughs> i love this movie so much um, but yeah they they get altivo to help them out of the of the thing and then mm-hmm. they go into the water on a boat on a boat. On a small boat, like a like no, a No, they just splish splash into mm. the water. Splish splash, taking a bath in the ocean. With a horse. With a horse. <laughs> <laughs> splish splash, taking a bath in the ocean with a horse. <laughs> That's my new single. That's all of it. Free I download did... right here.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I you made it original enough. I think that I think it counts.
0: <laughs> it doesn't count for anything. It was bad. <laughs> um yeah, uh so they they um sail for days it seems like and just nothing. And they're all like getting ready for death. This is one of the best visual gags in the movie. Is they're just getting ready for death and they just like are looking at the salt water in their hands and it just becomes sand. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, wash up on shore. It's so good. And they kiss the sand. And it's honestly the only time I think I've seen in any movie. um, I think that maybe Robin Hood Men in Tights also did this. But where the character goes down, kisses the shore, and then it's just like, oh, there's a bunch of dirt on my face now. Yeah. And, like, has to stop and wipe it off. But, like, that usually doesn't happen especially in an animated movie mm-hmm. where they like stop and like this actually would suck on your face like <laughs> after the instant relief like
1: <laughs>
0: yeah i just little touches like that i think really make this whole movie mm-hmm. and, and animation from that time both dreamworks and disney were like i don't know if it felt like they were had to compete with each other or they were just like had a whole different crew of dedicated folk but like the animation felt really, really loved. Mm-hmm. Like, in well, in a way that, like... Maybe it's the digitization. Mm-hmm. Maybe, That's what
1: I was about to say. They they were able to put more love into it back then
0: because more of it was still done by hand. Yeah, and I think that part of it is definitely that. I think the other part of it is the monetization and uh, necessary output for... Companies like Disney with a streaming service and regular shows they have to put out mm-hmm. and movies and everything else they're expected to do on top of what they are planning to do themselves, which is usually stupid, but they're still doing it. They're still overworking everybody, so I don't think even the people who do care about their products are able to put the love in that they would like to. Yeah. Just not enough energy. Yeah, because when we think of like the big Disney movies, like even when Disney was in the prime of production, we we talked about it on the, the Walt Disney bio episode where um they had like I think it was a big deal for them to have three movies come out in a year. hmm And that that was like peak production time. And those movies didn't they they weren't like worked on for the last year. They were worked on for like last two or three years. Yeah. And so like I know movies still take a long time to put out, but like because they're putting out movies and they have to get on to the next movie, Like there's um, a bit in uh, Wakanda Forever that looks bad because they actually had to move staff over, <laughs> and they, they made a joke about it in She-Hulk how they had to move production staff from She-Hulk to Wakanda Forever, for and so they couldn't do as much CGI in the last episode. But, and they they incorporated that. She-Hulk was really good about that because mm-hmm. that's the whole point of that. But, like, that was a joke, but it also was the, the truth of the matter. And having to move people around like that, I think, really makes it impossible to give productions the time and affection that they really deserve. Yeah. Because when you go back and you look at these animations, man, it's gorgeous. Oh, it it's so nicely. good. The clothes look good. Like, they flow good when they're wet. You can tell. And, like, it doesn't have to be realistic. I don't need this. I don't need to feel the fibers of the shirt. But, like, I want to see that it's wet. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. Like, just the, just the little touches and the faces, the reactions. Reactions are a big thing, especially throughout this movie where... uh we're we're just getting to meet her, but Shell, where she's just in the background of a lot of shots, she, yeah. she's very expressive. And her reaction shots make a lot of the comedy in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like really detailed human reaction shots that make sense. And it, it's, yeah, I feel like some of that, not all of it, there's still some people really trying in the animation, you can feel that. But like some of that is really lost and I think it is just production output. I agree. Another one of my
1: favorites from this time era is uh, Titan A.E. Oh, you've Which talked about this before, great, and I've never seen it. It's a Don Bluth film, and it's amazing. Why do I know Don Bluth's name? Um, he did Don Bluth did a bunch of shit. He's uh, see what's he most famous for? Secret of the Nymphs, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, he, he did, did 5. Time he
0: did Thumbelina and Anastasia. Oh man. I also loved Land Before Time, and Anastasia was pretty good, but Fievel? uh Five Goes West was my absolute fucking shit as a child. Yeah, an American tale. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: I watched a lot of Fievel when I was a kid, too. I had that on uh,
0: VHS, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anything I talk about from a Disney in the 90s, I had on VHS i had the first x-men on vhs and he was also and I wore that tape in central out. park i did not see that
1: and the original robin hood movie oh hell yeah the
0: one with the anthropomorphic fox and yeah, it, yeah yeah the, the one responsible for an entire generation of furries i'm aware mm-hmm. oh and the original pete's dragon all right all right robin hood though like I am lucky I'm not a furry because I loved Robin Hood so much. <laughs> That's such a good movie. No, not not to yuck anybody's yums. It's just really not my thing. That's fair.
1: But yeah, yeah. Don Bluth has uh, been around cartoon animation for a very long time. Yeah, is he still alive?
0: Some uh, of those are pretty old. Seems like he's probably dead.
1: Let's But maybe that. not. Um, no, he's 86 right
0: now. He was born in 1937. Oh, sorry, Mr. Booth. <laughs> uh, rest in peace when you get there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, sir. Goddamn. <laughs> That's not a very good correction for what I said, is it? No. Well, hopefully he sees the humor in it. He's old. And we'll never hear this. If somebody knows Don Bluth, show him this podcast.
1: Yeah, I I, I love your animation, sir. Tell him it's a
0: radio show. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, carry on. uh, After their boat, it's the land. They uh, go through an awesome fucking song. Um, straight to, uh, what they think is a dead end. Yeah. Uh, fuck that song is so good. Uh, or they're they're cutting through the things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I haven't seen El Dorado in quite a few years. But it's a good movie. It's a really good movie, but... Yeah, that, I, I legitimately haven't seen it in probably ten years myself. And, like, I am reading through the plot off of, um... This very uh, notable um, El Dorado research website called Wikipedia.org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Say orge? Yeah. Okay. Still checking. Org. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they go through uh, with cut. a J. What? Org with, with with a J. <laughs> No,
1: with a G. I'm sorry, just Karen, just Ignore me. <laughs> I can't. You're the only thing in the room besides this baby, and he doesn't respond. He's also sleeping now, which is which
0: is nice. I'm just gonna not move too much. Uh, it was a stupid joke. <laughs> okay, orgy with a J. <laughs> That's our new brand. <laughs> Fuck true neutral. We're orgy with a J.
1: Orgy with a
0: J. It's spelled with a G. It's with a G, but no, the with a J yeah. comes is, is the words after. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> it's about marijuana, you see.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> Very far away from this. <laughs> <it. laughs>
1: <coughs>
0: Fuck. Continue. Um, so Tulio gets all like cynical realism, like this this totem is the end, because they get to a totem, it's just a waterfall and a totem, and he's like, This, this is what we were looking for, this is it. And like, it's time to just turn around and go home or whatever, and then out of nowhere, Shell, fucking being chased by guards, runs out from the waterfall, and like, yeah. They they all find these guys, and they're like, what the fuck? And then they're taken back to El Dorado as prisoners? Yes, yes, prisoners. that sounds right. Oh, no, no, because they. Um, oh, they're gods. They're gods, because they are shown, they um, are depicted on the tablet. Yeah. The totem that they found. They yeah. are the, them and the horse, even. I think Shell might even be on there. And I know the armadillo somewhere on there.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Who they met somewhere in the jungle, I believe. Yeah, they met him along the way in the jungle. And yeah, is maybe a luck god, is what but I potentially, something three. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. They are brought to the city's elders, Chief Tanabuk, who is yeah. great. He just looks like a like like your stereotypical um Samoan nice guy. Yeah, is yeah. what he looks like. And he like he's, the whole city's built of gold. Yeah. The whole thing. All gold. All gold and lots of jewels. Yeah. Um and they they're there and they're like they they're said to be gods, and then they when um, Tulio gets really mad at the same time a volcano explodes, mm-hmm. and so it's um, interpreted as him having great power. Yes, and them being actual gods, and which, then they start sacrificing jewels and gold to the volcano. Well, they they are told to sacrifice a guy, yeah, and they're like, yeah, this is this is what we do. This is what the gods want, right? No, this is not what the gods want. The gods want gold. Okay, and then they throw in a bunch of gold. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, "No, we are the gods. We want the gold." Yeah. Uh and They're
1: like, "Yeah, that tracks."
0: Yeah, and then uh they Yeah, they want to they want to get out and so they tell them that they need to build a build a great boat for them to leave in. Mhm. And uh, built of gold with all their gold on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is a bad
1: plan because gold
0: wouldn't float no but the boat does I think it is a wooden boat it's just got gold bits on it that's good because gold is metal and gold would not float yeah no because it shatters at the end the whole boat just like breaks and splinters apart so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's not gold there's just a lot of gold on it I think it is like trimmed with gold. It makes sense. Yeah. Um It's a waste of good gold. Yeah. Uh so Secko Khan. Seko-Khan? Chakko Khan? Sh- sure. Shakko Khan. TZ. <laughs> it starts with a TZ. Yeah. Um. But he's this snaky bad guy who um very clearly sees through miguel and tulio's thing with the gods like at first he's really faithful like because he really wants the gods to be real and then he sees they're not ruthless at all not like any of the stories of gods that he's read and he sees the uh, miguel playing ball with the kids and he's just like there's no way gods would ever act like this and he gets all pissed off um Which is important, because they spend a couple of days in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, And the whole time, Tulio's, like... Well, he's definitely just fucking shell. They just make it nice. Yeah. And uh, he's, like, just planning his escape and what he's going to do with his gold when he gets out. And um, during that whole time, Miguel's just hanging out along the city and just, like, enjoying being an honest, benevolent, like, god. (laughs) yeah like he he, he's not like taking advantage of it he is just enjoying the privileges he's been bestowed and like really socializing and just making everybody happy Mm -hmm. and it's yeah so he uh, comes to the conclusion that he wants to stay and be a god there and just like keep making everybody happy and tulio's like well fuck you (laughs) yeah he reacts really emotionally because he doesn't know how to control his emotions. <laughs> it's a good lesson. It ends up being a good lesson. <sighs> but then there's an awesome song about saying goodbye. God, Somewhere the, in there they play ball with the armadillo. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so as part of the an effort to expose them uh, Sekel Khan. Uh, challenges them to play that that ball game against their greatest warriors, and just them two. Mm-hmm. And so they win by using the armadillo. Shell throws in the armadillo. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also not fine, I just remembered. He's black and blue, bruised all the fuck up when they're done. Fine. He, he's fine. He's <laughs> fucked up when it's they're done. Totally fine. Like, he d- just doesn't look that way cause, like, he yeah. Falls-
1: well, the, the the next time you see him, he's back to being fine because so it it's didn't a cartoon. hurt him too much.
0: It's a cartoon, and he still got blue, bruised, and bloody. Um. <laughs> anyway, the the last point is uh, he. I remember that because he falls out and like, uh, comes unrolled, and then they throw in the regular ball, and he's like, "Uh oh, I'm." Mm. I'm not the ball, and Shell's like, "Oh, I've got the ball," and then they get all freaked out, but they score the last point anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they prove their godhood. Yeah,
1: because she also knows that they're not gods. Yeah,
0: yeah. She's she's absolutely in on the con. That's a she's like not dumb. She's no. the least dumb person in the movie. No, because she's also a con artist. That's one of the the cool parallels with their stories is that they they met doing the same thing. Is the Because uh, Miguel and Tulio were run out of town for scamming and then got stuck. Um, she got run out of town for scamming, and only by the luck of seeing them did she get brought back. Mm-hmm. Without, you know, being imprisoned. Yeah. Or probably executed. They look all nice and happy when we see them, but it's probably because they kill everybody that they don't like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's how that game they played ends, with the, the losing team is uh, usually decapitated.
0: That's right, that's right, they have to stop them from doing that, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the actual game originally was played with a person's head, and not just a ball, but I could be wrong about that. Maybe, you know, I could be wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Classic classic stuff right
1: there like the end of hostel 2 when they're playing so- the kids are playing soccer with that guy's head
0: yeah <clears throat> more classic stuff <laughs> i like both the hostel movies the third one doesn't exist i don't i only like the first one well, it's okay guess. to be wrong the second one's real good Meh. it shows you the, the first side. one's not
1: even that good it's just better than
0: the second one The first one is good. It's legitimately a good horror movie. The second one is a good movie if you like that writing. (laughs) Like, I I specifically have a soft spot just for the way that Eli Roth writes and directs. I just particularly like the way he does things, so I, like, I'll just kind of fall over for what he does, basically. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's not that hard to get me. If there's somebody whose style I really like, it's like... If you showed me a Poe story I'd never read, I'd almost certainly like it. Because I just like the way that he writes. Mm -hmm. I do have a book that compiles all of his stories and poems and everything in one giant book. Yeah. I I don't think there is a Poe story I haven't read. Because my mom also had one of those. (laughs) And I took advantage of that in 8th grade, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. Right about the time everyone... Gets yep. into Edgar yep. Allen Poe. <laughs> that's, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> it's Edgar Allan Poe, and if you go too far on that road, you get like a year or two later a really big obsession with Catcher in the Rye.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't I read Catcher in the Rye, but I
0: was like eh. Yeah, it's, no.
1: It's it's
0: alright, I guess. Yeah. There there's 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 the seeing that Holden Caulfield is incredibly relatable and like, wow, that's me. Or seeing that he's a whiny little bitch who just kind of needs to suck it up or get medicated because he sounds really sad.
1: Yeah, yeah. If any of you have never read Catcher in the Rye,
0: you should. It's one of those books that you should absolutely just read at some point in your life. Yeah, I retract my suck it up. He should get therapy with somebody who he feels like he can talk to. Maybe his sister. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe he should just go and actually talk to his sister. Mm Mm-hmm. I know she's young, but, like, he's not that old. There are a lot of books that they make you read
1: in school that I just am, like, that's not necessary. Like, everyone has to read things, like, Of Mice and Men and The Great Gatsby. And, well, when I was younger, we actually... Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, well, I was in school, like, before uh, To Kill a Mockingbird got banned. Yeah, we also had to read that. We had to read that. And Um, I'm like,
0: eh, uh, so, I love To Kill a Mockingbird, but I also read it in, like, fifth grade with my mom. Okay. And so, when it came up in ninth grade, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just like, I am educated on this already. My brain's not mush. I haven't forgotten this from years ago. We like had to I read it today. in, I think, seventh grade is when they made us read it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we had to read it in high school, and we discussed, like, intense racist themes. Yeah, no, we did it in
1: seventh grade and pretty much glossed over them.
0: Yeah, see, that's a bad. That's a bad way to do it. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we and did then it the in freshman year. the book got
1: very shortly afterward. I think that's why. I think they were the ban was coming up and people were talking about it, so they were just like, make the kids read this before they
0: can't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom would, my mom would have a fit over all the books they're banning these days. Yeah, it's ridiculous banning Dr. Seuss and shit. Stop banning books. That people understand that that's just... Some things were worded different back then. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's like none of you have ever read a Stephen King book. I swear it, to God. Yeah. Or watched a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah. Like, look, there is no way that the N-word gets said more in Tom Sawyer than it does in Pulp Fiction. That's fair. <laughs> and, uh, that's the reason they banned that one, right? Like... I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. that's that's the whole context for banning that, is mm-hmm. because of N-Word Jim. Yeah. And, um, like, I get the banning of the word to a degree, but, like, you can put N-Word in there. Well, no, see, the problem is
1: now is they're actually having people go back through and, like, edit versions of books that they're printing and publishing, where they're having people censor the books so that they can print and publish them. Or in some places, in some cases, just
0: completely rewrite parts of the book? Yeah, see, that's not okay. I can understand... uh, I can understand taking out words like the N-word. No. Not not removing them, but censoring them to be N-word. No. No, you cannot do... That's 1984
1: shit, dude. You can't fucking do that. That's... No. All right, like... Because that's not how it was written. That's not the prose. And you need that as a reminder of where we fucking came from. And changing that in any way is, is bad.
0: I understand that. I, I understand that. I do. I get, I. get. But I also think that it would be helpful to be able to read these in a context that we could discuss it without people getting um reactionarily upset before we're able to get into the subject matter itself.
1: Well that's on them for fucking not understanding that this
0: book is from nineteen fucking thirty something. It's and... on us if we want to have the discussion and can't accommodate the people we that's want why to discuss we, with. That's why we teach our kids better. We can't we teach just... our kids better if they won't let us. That's what I'm saying. Well it, I mean... it's the loud minority who does all the voting <laughs> who are, are making these decisions. And if we don't appeal to them in, to some degree, there's no way we can even start the discussion because they're reacting to the surface level bullshit. I guess, yeah.
1: That That's where I'm coming from. My, on this. my response to all of this is just I'm going to go find copies of all of the books and I'm just going to keep my own library of the originals mm. in their... The way
0: they should be, so like that one dude who's still got the nineteen seventy seven version of a new hope on v h s tape and only plays it once a year so it's not to wear it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly like that. I want wolfman in my cantina, damn it mm-hmm. it's a that's oh, a deep cut <laughs> um oh my god yeah the so suckckle Khan gets uh oh my god i got all lost in our discussion and i think i scrolled uh, while i wasn't paying attention <laughs> I think when we left off uh
1: the, he got the boat tulio got on his boat and he was getting ready to leave
0: yeah oh yeah uh seko accepts that they win the ball game right mm-hmm. but he sees that um miguel got a cut and gods don't bleed and miguel bleeds so he's like, oh, I know. But he, he lets him think that, uh, yeah. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, so in an effort to not let them get away and to stop them, um, Gon conjures a giant stone dragu- jaguar. Yeah. Which, um,. You then realize his face has been animated to look like the whole time.
1: Yeah. It's
0: very clear as soon as you see the jaguar face, you're like, oh. And the way they do the animation cutting from him to the thing, it's like he's piloting a big mech, but just like it's ritual magic and it's mm-hmm. so sick. The, the the animation on that jaguar chasing them is some of the coolest shit. Mm-hmm. Um but uh they end up getting zeko Khan into the sacrificial whirlpool uh through through that chase. And uh, uh he ends up at the waterfall at the totem just as uh Cortez, the, the real life conquistador bastard. Conquista bastard? Conquistasturd. <laughs> no, that just sounds like custard.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: they all had custard it was for brains. So
1: American General custard, uh, Custer, mm-hmm. also a bastard. Yeah, yeah, real piece of <laughs> shit. That yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm seeing a seeing a through line <laughs> here. It's all got something to do with custard.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the custard is the key. We just have to <laughs> figure out why. Um, but he believes Cortez to be the real god, and he leads him. To El Dorado, um, so they uh, the the two the two good old boys not like that don't like that taking that back <laughs> the 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 our our two protagonists <laughs> there you go uh, see see smoke on the horizon and they realize in some manner of speaking that the Cortez is coming yeah and. um in an effort to, uh... Also, can I just say, I love the name Cortez. That's such a good name. And his first name is Hernan. <laughs> and when you say it by itself, it's kind of silly. Yeah. It feels like a, a a weird Harry. Or like Hernando, but not not all of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but Cortez. Cortez, Cortez is, a is good, great. It's, it's a great name. It's a solid last name. It's a, it's one of those, like, I am Captain Cortez. Yeah. Yes, you are, sir. <laughs> 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 I, I, I Look, I'm proud of my last name. I can have a lot of fun with it, but it's never, ever going to sound intimidating.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I'm Captain Fry. Come on. Yeah. It's just it's just it's not a cool sounding last name. <laughs> At least yours isn't carbahalo. <laughs> 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 uh mine's great for jokes though. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, yeah, um they know that if Cortez discovers El Dorado, he's gonna plunder and probably just destroy it. Right. Yeah, like that. It's not going to remain the peaceful, nice, um, decapitating for a sports city it is now.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: It's uh, so.
1: Although their finest warriors are still alive.
0: Yeah. So that's true. <laughs> um, but they don't have guns. Yeah, that's that's also fair. And Conquistadors have guns. They do have guns. They might be like you know muskets, but they they've got them.
1: They've got guns, and they still wear armor. Yeah. So
0: They wear armor and have lots of, um, you know, artillery for the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Tulio, the one who very much wants to escape with all of the gold that he can, suggests using this boat that they've worked for days to destroy the pillars that lead to the entrance so they can block it off. Yes. And this is, this is a great turning point for Tulio. Turning point for Tulio. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a Tulio turning point. Tulio Turning Point. <laughs> Welcome back on today's Tulio Turning Point.
1: <laughs>
0: We've got Tulio. He's turning. <laughs> on point. On point. <laughs> uh, I know. I, so he's He shows that he does actually care about these people and people in general more than gold when it comes down to it. And he's willing to sacrifice all of that. Like this huge... I don't... I guess they were, they were in a hurry, or else they would have thrown the gold off of the boat. But yeah, like, probably. Yeah, uh, they they end up through a, like, whatever. It's just down there. We know where it is. Yeah, with a with a beautifully animated action sequence of uh, like going down rapid. Your city's best divers.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they've they've got this awesome action sequence where they fight with the sail and they like uh, fight to turn the boat sideways and they. Crash the boat, and they fly off, and uh, they come to the other side. They end up on the outside of El Dorado. Shell, Miguel, and Tulio, and Altivo. And the armadillo. And they. the armadillo. Yeah, I'm like, pretty yeah. sure they're all there. That's a great D&D party.
1: <laughs>
0: um, uh, yeah, they end up on the outside of the the city, but the it's also blocked off. And they are able to hide from Cortez, who they see take uh, Zucko Khan as a prisoner and then the they're they're off on their next adventure. Yeah. Yeah. They get to just sneak away. Yeah. And uh one of them has uh oh, um somebody's got gold earrings on still. Either Shell or Tulio still has gold earrings on. I think the
1: they left. came out with like pockets of full of gold yeah, or they, whatever off
0: the ship. They've just got a little bit of gold left. Um cuz uh, one of the last the sight gags is the horse holds up his gold horseshoes and just like Mm -hmm. sneakily hides them away like he doesn't want anybody to see that he's still got gold so they don't have very much gold left after that Um, certainly not as much as was on the ship right Um, one fun note about this is that uh They actually developed a whole new animation technology to make the water look so good in this. Oh, that's neat. That's something we didn't talk about, like the waves coming up against the ship when they were stuck in the water on the life raft as, like, on the stormy getaway Mm -hmm. time. Like, all the water looks fucking great. Uh, The way the waves move together, the way the white caps match where they should, just everything flows so evenly in the... Animation of the water, and it's because they developed a whole new technology to do that specifically. That's cool, and I, I thought that was super interesting. Kevin Klein was Tulio, Kenneth Branagh was Miguel, and <laughs> Rosie Perez as Shell. Edward James Almost was Chief Tanabuk. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, um... So... Zaragoza was the guy that lost the map at the beginning? Guess who he was voiced by? Jigsaw himself, Tobin Bell. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Huh. (laughs) Um, All the songs in this were done by Elton John, which is, of course, why they were so good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, top credit... Anytime he should be in there, anytime he's in any cast, should always be Frank Welker as Ant- Altivo. Frank Welker's amazing. Yeah. I, I say this every time, but if you don't know Frank Welker, just go look up his IMDb. Be amazed. He's incredible. So the. Oh, man. Uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an r- approval rating of 48% based on 106 reviews how much sorry 48% wow it's way lower than I would have this is a classic for me I just assumed it was way past the bad movies list or we would have watched it for bad movies on <laughs> uh, Metacritic the film has a score of 51 out of 100 damn so uh, it's got an average grade of a B plus overall So I don't, I don't know why. (laughs) I legitimately watched this movie so many times as a kid, and like I know, like streaming numbers aren't a thing that they even talk about now. They just lie about those. They're all lying about streaming numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, like, I don't know a kid in my generation who hasn't seen this movie. Like we at least once. Everyone knows this movie. I don't understand how it could possibly, possibly do badly. That's crazy to me. Um, oh no. So it has it had a box office budget, or it had a bo- a budget of ninety five million dollars, and it made twelve point nine on opening weekend. Oof. A total of 50.9 in the States. And, oh, so a total of 76 million. was oh, this total gross? For a 95 million dollar budget. Damn. How? I just spent 40 plus minutes praising this on what an amazing movie I think it is. And it bombed. I had no idea. Yeah? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh... It won a Critics' Choice Award for Best Composer, and it got uh, nominated for a bunch of Annie's and Golden Reel Awards. Kevin Klein got nominated for a Kids' Choice Award for his voice in this. <laughs> this uh, the, the, I'm sorry, I'm a little quiet on this. It's legitimately blown my mind that it was received so poorly. Yeah. I had no I mean, idea. Maybe it was just, like, kind
1: of animation. Because that was a... it was That came out in, what did you say at the beginning, 2000? Yeah. So, I mean, that's right around the time where we're getting a lot of animation shifts. Like, uh, Shrek is also coming out right around that time. And, uh, like, lots of... So, I think maybe it's just because it was still done in a slight, like... What was considered to be the older animation style, now that CG was coming out and things like Shrek were starting to happen and whatnot. More often, I should say. I mean, maybe, but like... Because so... Shrek came out in 2000 also, I'm pretty sure. And it... It crushed everything that year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I just... I'm, I'm going to Rotten Tomatoes right now to see if that's a current score on the road to El Dorado. Like, I was
1: actually just checking out this movie that's probably going to go on the bad movies list. It's a Final Fantasy movie from oh, 2001. Um, it's actually the first ever photorealistic uh, CGI feature film. Okay. Um, and it's directed by uh, the guy that actually made Final Fantasy... And you want to hear just just to throw it out there? You want to hear the list of people they had to to, to voice act this movie? Yeah. Um, I only I don't know just a couple of names on this list. So uh, the stars were uh, nothing. Damn, Ming-Na Wen, Alec Baldwin, James Woods, Donald <laughs> Sutherland, Ving <laughs> Rhames, Steve Buscemi, and
0: Perry G- Gilpin. Okay. Buscemi's in this. Love that. Yeah. Ving Rhames also. Yeah. Love that. What? Um. Oh, so, um, sorry. uh, The Del Dorado on Rotten Tomatoes, as of recording this, 49% uh, tomato meter, still rotten, and, um, 66% audience score.
1: Audience score's a little better.
0: Not great. Not great, but a little better. Why is this... That blows me away. Is it just because I saw it when I was a kid? Yeah, probably. It's the nostalgia factor that always gets you. I don't know. It really does feel like the like a perfect like D and D movie set in Spain. <laughs> like I don't know. But the uh, that I don't know. I'm I'm blown away. I'm I'm sorry. This episode is basically ending with me being my brains blown out because <laughs> i don't understand this is anyway it it was one of my favorite movies is still one of my favorite movies like ever it's so much fun to watch i think it's a, one of the best just adventure romps because like the the bad guy is basically the fact that they're lying yeah <laughs> Yeah. The, the bad guy is the fact that they're liars and con men. The 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 protagonists are also kind of the
1: antagonists even though because like, like there the, are antagonists, but they have different motivations. It's they're not going after like Cortez, like you said, Cortez is just doing a job.
0: Yeah. Uh the the, the con Seco Khan is he's like trying to defend his beliefs in his city.
1: Yeah, yeah. From people who are clearly imposters that have,
0: you know, charmed everyone else. Yeah, and, like, notably imposters. And he's right. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's a he's a jackass, but he's right about this. Yeah. And so it's really interesting. Like, I think it's a really interesting story. I think it's a creative way to go about telling a story like this. And mm-hmm. you And also it's a get, good lesson to teach. Yeah, you also get um, Eldorado. Mm-hmm. There just aren't enough movies about El Dorado, in my opinion. That's fair. I love The City of Gold. I love that as a myth. I love that and The Lost City of Z, which is similar. Uh, Just any lost cities are sick. Yeah, lost cities are cool as fuck. And uh, that's actually what made me... You, you suggested doing A Lost City, and I was like, we're going to talk about this movie about A Lost City. Yeah, we'll talk about actual Lost Cities another time, okay? Yeah, I was already thinking about doing this, but...
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, this will probably be the first in a series we'll go over and do, because I do want to do Treasure Planet and uh, a couple other movies from this era. I want to make you watch uh, Titan
1: AE, yeah, um, which is basically Treasure Planet or treasure island in space treasure planet just you know done from a different company yeah um and for bad movies we are going to be watching the final fantasy movie which came out at about that time i have to find it it's i mean we can rent it off youtube apparently
0: (laughs) good good that's what we need yeah (laughs) final fantasy rented off youtube
1: yeah uh, no, it's that's a weird one. I saw it, like, very shortly after it, it came out. Mm. And it blew my little 10-year-old brain because I'd never seen animation that looked, like, photorealistic like that before. Right. But is it good? I don't remember. But is The Road to El Dorado good? The Road to El Dorado is a good movie. Yeah. I do like that one. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I'll give it the uh, good, good movies. Good movie. I also give it good movie because it is fucking amazing. I legitimately, if this had been, if I had been aware of the critical reception of this, we would have just put it in bad movies and I would have made us watch it. Yeah. But I just assumed that this was a beloved classic for everyone. (laughs) Because that's how much I love it. It's just a staple in my life.
1: Well, next time, maybe
0: don't assume.
1: Maybe we should just look at things. Because who knows what can go on the bad movies list.
0: Yeah, it's it's fair. Um, actually, look up Wayne's World right now while I'm thinking about it. Oh, there's no way, man. It's possible. There's I, literally no way. That's what I thought about this.
1: 7 out of 10 IMDb, 79% okay. Rotten Tomatoes. What about
0: Wayne's World 2? Ugh. <sighs> Because I heard from some weird naked Indian that it's probably not that great.
1: Six point two. Wow. IMDb sixty
0: percent Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't deserve that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love the first Wayne's World. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And the second Wayne's World is funny. It's there's some funny stuff in there. It's not sixty percent. Like if the Road to El Dorado isn't sixty percent worthy, like fuck no. Wayne's World two does not deserve that. Well, that's funny. This
1: Final Fantasy movie uh, actually has a six point four IMDb, but only a forty four percent Rotten Tomatoes and a forty eight percent audience on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Um, but the reason that's I, a weird alignment of critics and audience. Yeah, they are usually not that close. Um, but the reason I actually picked it
1: uh, for. Being on bad movies is because of uh, how badly it bombed in the box office. Uh, uh, it had a budget of 137 million dollars, which came out in 2001. So that's that's a lot of money. That's for that a sizable budget. Yeah. Um, it made 85.1 total box office return. That's it's almost
0: 50 million dollars lost. That's uh honestly about the same amount that Road to Dorado lost. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's crazy to me. I legitimately don't understand how this movie bombed that badly. I get why a Final Fantasy movie with a big budget would bomb.
1: Yeah. Especially because there's not really context and because of the anthology way that Final Fantasy already is the right people that go in looking for connections to stories, it's not there. It's it's its
0: own Final Fantasy story. Right. And you're gonna get a certain sect of like theater goers who are going to want to see something like that and there are a good number of people who will go out to see a fan like now especially if you release that final fantasy movie in theaters i bet you'd get your returns Mm -hmm. oh yeah update the graphics and yeah just because of the amount of people who have played final fantasy since then Mm -hmm. but at that time while final fantasy was a very popular video game it wasn't very popular Mm -hmm. like video games were not very popular I come, we come from a time where if you were really into video games, you were still a big fucking nerd. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you were a loser. You you were a loser who did nothing but played games. I was called that. Like this was actual insults at a time. Yeah. And so, like to to put that much money into a Final Fantasy movie seems, um, bonkers to me for two thousand one.
1: It was the most expensive video game adaptation movie until the Prince of Persia movie came out. Um, that bombed too. Yeah. Well, almost every video game adaptation movie bombed. So did the Hitman movie. So
0: did it's. I don't know what they were doing. Oh, actually, I do know what they were doing. They were doing uh Uwe Boll, um, who is a person we should just talk about. As a person, he's fascinating, mm-hmm. but he's the reason so many Resident Evil movies came out, and he's the, the Resident reason Evil movies. Yeah. Th- he's the reason that so many video game adaptations came out at all, um, and he's the reason they bombed, and he did that on purpose. Oh, because I hate the Resident
1: Evil movies.
0: I know you do, um, but the. The, the reason he did this, and I would like to go into detail about this, so I'm just going to brush over it right now anyway, but uh, basically it was a tax write-off because movie rights uh, for video games were easy to acquire at the time. Yeah, that makes so sense. he could make a big-budget movie, um, lose money on the movie, and still make a lot of money for himself in that process. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many of those bad movies came out. So if you see... Uh, UWE is, I'm pretty sure, how his first name is spelled. Um, and then B O L L maybe E at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you see that any name like that on any video game movie, just assume that it's going to be bad. <laughs> because he made a lot of money because they were bad. Yeah. And he's not very good. <laughs> like, just as a person, in my opinion. Fair. Yeah. Um,. But the Road to Eldorado is very good in my opinion, and the amount of people who disagree with me can eat my whole ass and shit because I don't understand.
1: <laughs> uh that's uh, entirely fair. If you have any dissenting opinion to Keenan, you can let us know over at TrueNeutralPod at gmail dot com.
0: Alright, and so you're just you're just inviting them to tell me that they want to eat my ass and shit. Or to tell you that your opinion is wrong. I, I guess that's also an option. But, look, the fact of the matter they is... We don't have th- to be as crass as you. <laughs> we don't
1: all have to stoop to your level.
0: No, but it's a lot more fun. We get to do that crouch monkey position and <laughs> grab our own shit. <laughs> stoop to my level. <laughs> it's fun down here.
1: oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> My word. Throw shit at wall. <laughs> We also have X (laughs) at True Neutral Pod, and I'm at Mr. Dab himself. Uh, True Neutral Studios on the YouTube, the Instagram, and the Threads. Once again, I'm at Mr. Dab himself on the Instagram and Threads, and True Neutral Podcast on the Facebook. Woo!
0: Yes. California. Cation? Yeah.
1: Bye-bye! Bye!